0: Hi there, this is Pastor Julie from the United Methodist Churches of Shoto, Brady and Dutton, Montana. Welcome, we are glad to have you join us online or through our podcast. We would love to have you worship with us live or in person any Sunday. For more information on our locations and worship times, I'd invite you to check out our website, umshodo.net. And be sure to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash umc. Thanks for joining us from wherever you are in the world.
1: If you take a look on your front of your bulletin, this is a perfect depiction of the story we're about to read today. And also, if you'd like to follow along, the scripture is on the inside of your bulletin too. Now Jericho was set up inside and out because of the Israelites. No one came out, no one went in. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have handed Jericho over to you along with its king and soldiers. You shall march around the city, all the warriors circling the city once. Thus you shall do this for six days with seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day, you shall march around the city seven times, the priests blowing the trumpets. When they make a long blast with the ram's horn, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout, with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and all the people shall charge straight ahead. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring the woman out of it and all who belong to her, as you swore to her. So the young man who had been spies went in and brought Rahab out, along with her father, her mother, her brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out all of her kindred, and they set them outside the camp of Israel. They burned down the city and everything in it, only the silver and the gold. And the vessels of bronze and iron, they put those into the treasury of the house of the Lord. But Rahab the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her, Joshua spared. Her family has lived in Israel ever since, for she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: Thanks Speak to God. God. Amen. I don't use this very often, but I have a lot of papers today, so keep me on task here, I guess. <laughs> there are a lot of different battle stories in the Bible. We can, especially in the Old Testament, find numerous stories of battle. But this one with the walls of Jericho and the victory is one of the most important. There's been songs written about it. I think all of you probably know the Joshua and the Walls of Jericho and the Walls Came Tumbling Down. You all know that song. There have been incredible sermons written on this scripture. You can go on YouTube and you can find some really, really great ones. There's even been some children's shows that are focused on Joshua 6. But today I want to take a little bit closer look at kind of what happened and the preparations leading up to this time and then Try to make us think about this story in maybe a little bit new or different way than we have before. When you study the Bible, we often can see how men establish plans. They have an idea in mind. They build cities. And then some way, somehow, the Lord's plan is always the one that prevails. I think that happens in our own lives very often i know a lot of times i make a plan for something i think it's going to happen a certain way and here comes the lord to remind me nope we're doing this my way not your way julie i can't even count the number of times that that has happened in my life and i'm sure that's true for all of you as well the city of jericho was sitting on the promised land for god's people This was the promised land that God had promised to Abraham when he made that oath and covenant with Abraham. It had been promised that it would happen, that they would get to this land, but it took a long time to get there. This is the same land that they were trying to get to with Moses in that 40 years when they were wandering around in the desert. In Deuteronomy 34, we read that Moses had climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho, and the Lord showed him the whole land. And the Lord said to him, Moses, this is the land that I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your own eyes. But you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. You know, I think Moses really thought that he was probably going to get to the promised land. And the Lord had other plans. Joshua is the one that comes along that. We read in Esther that famous scripture, you've been saved for such a time as this. Well, this was the time that Joshua had been saved for. And this was the call that Joshua had been called to do. To deliver the Israelites finally to this promised land. If we were to open our Bibles and quickly skim through Joshua to get us up to our scripture reading today, this is what we would find really briefly. In Joshua 1... It shares a new leader with the Israelite people. Any idea who that leader was? Joshua, of course. (laughs) Kind of a no-brainer, I hope, there. So we're introduced to Joshua. We realize that he's gonna be the new leader of the pack. Then chapter two encompasses those two spies, the ones who are sent into the city, the ones that Rahab, we hear her name in our scripture reading today, ends up protecting in her home. In chapter three... The priests carry the Ark of the Covenant out into the river, across the dry ground first of all, and then they stand in the river while the others pass through. If we fast forward a little bit to Joshua 5, guess what happens to Joshua? As in many of the biblical stories, an angel of the Lord appears to Joshua. And in that encounter, just as Moses had been told to remove his sandals at the burning bush, Joshua takes his shoes off, and the angel of the Lord stands in front of him and tells him that he is preparing for this moment of victory, that they are going to take down the walls of Jericho. Then we get to Joshua 6, where our story today kicks off. This secure fortress fortress, the city of Jericho, was completely locked down. Nobody coming in, nobody coming out. And God gives very clear instructions on how these walls are going to come down. They're bizarre instructions, though. The men are supposed to march around the city, armed men, They're supposed to do this for six days. Then on the seventh day, he says that seven priests carry trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. And on that seventh day, they are to march, march around the city seven times. And the priests are supposed to blow trumpets. Then when they hear that sound, the long blast from the trumpets, They are all supposed to shout very, very loud. And that's how the walls will come down. Can you imagine how strange that experience must have been for them? These are armed men, soldiers. No part of them probably thought that marching around the city for six, seven days, and finally on that seventh day, all the shouting and noise was going to make the walls come down. It just didn't seem possible but they stuck to it. They had a really deep faith. We also see that Rahab is not forgotten in our scripture reading this morning. Even though the city was being completely destroyed, the Lord remained faithful to Rahab and her whole entire house. All of her and her loved ones were rescued. And they are kind of grafted into the family of God. That's a beautiful moment and story in itself. So why was this whole battle of Jericho important? What is the point of all of this story? It was important, number one, because it was the very first conquered city of all of the promised land. And Jericho was a large city. We're not talking like the size of Denver or Seattle, but it was a large city. So as the Israelites conquered this city, it was kind of a wake-up call to them saying, you know what? God is here. God's shown up. And everything that he has promised is about to sh- be shown to full, full harvest. It's about to be very bountiful. God is here. Kind of gave them a heads up of who was coming, what was going to happen. But the biggest part of this is that huge leap of faith. That the Israelites took. They had been wandering the desert for 40 years. There was some distrust and some complaining that had happened along that time, but it was in this moment, this time that they are preparing to go into battle, that their faith became unlike anything it had ever been. It was a very, very deep faith. And on that seventh day, they were already or they were able to finally shout with victory. There's also this woman, Rahab. She was a prostitute. She was living in this fortress of sin. But she ends up really becoming a heroine in the Bible. Jesus comes out of her genealogy. For her, being one of them, one of those lost, to come into the family of God and be saved, to be found, and have the impact on all of us today that she had. As I said, that's a beautiful, beautiful story in itself. And she's a person that many of us can relate to or know somebody who can relate to her story. I wanna talk about three important points that I have taken away from this story, the battle of Jericho. The first is not to skip out on preparations. Sometimes preparing for something that we feel called to do can seem like it takes forever, and a lot of that is because sometimes we try to do it our way. We try to do the steps in the way that we think that we're supposed to happen. When we try to put it on a timeline that is ours, and it is hard, really hard to not give up. Even if you just think about the battle itself, these seven days, the number seven, we've talked about this before, it comes up so often in the Bible. In the very first Bible story of creation, we have the number seven. God took six days to create the earth, and on the seventh day, he finally rested. Same thing in this story. It took six days of marching continuously not giving up and then on the seventh day finally they had their victory that is much like our own lives sometimes when we are trying to reach a goal or when we feel called to something we have to keep marching not for one day or two days or five days or six days we have to stick it out until the very end and on that seventh day finally see full completion And we're not talking about seven days, of course, in the way that we know it. These are seven days of God's time, and they can take a whole lot longer than seven days in the way we understand them. That leads to the second point that I really take away from this, and it's that following God's call is what leads us to true victory. But following God's call takes a very, very deep, strong, faith. A very strong faith. As I was reading through different stories, and as I said, there's lots of wonderful sermons out there on this. There was a story that stuck out to me that a minister told as he was trying to demonstrate the difference between faith and fact. And he said, it's a fact that all of you are sitting in the pews right now. It is a fact that I'm standing up here preaching right now. But it's only by faith that I believe you're all listening to what I say. I found another quote this week by Martin Luther that faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible and receives the impossible. I'm gonna say that again because that's a very deep, deep quote. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible and receives the impossible. Faith is difficult. It's easy for us to say, yes, I have faith and I believe in the Lord. But when obstacles come into our lives, sometimes it's really hard to not give up on what we know that we are called to do or this big faith that we have. It's easy to kind of just take a break from it. I was thinking this week about the African Impala and how... OUR FAITH LIFE IS MUCH LIKE THE AFRICAN IMPALA. YOU SEE, THE IMPALA CAN JUMP A HEIGHT OF 10 FEET IN THE AIR. AND WHEN THEY JUMP, THEY CAN ALSO COVER A DISTANCE OF 30 FEET. YET, WHEN WE SEE THESE magnificent CREATURES IN THE ZOO, THEY ARE KEPT IN THEIR AREA BY ONLY A THREE FOOT HIGH FENCE. HOW IS THIS POSSIBLE? THEY EASILY COULD CLEAR THE FENCE. THE REASON THEY STAY IN IS BECAUSE THE AFRICAN IMPALA WILL NOT JUMP UNLESS THEY CAN SEE WHERE THEIR FEET ARE GOING TO LAND. HOW MANY OF US HAVE FAITH LIKE THAT IMPALA? WE MIGHT BE CAPABLE OF JUMPING TO EXTREME HEIGHTS OR EXTREME DISTANCES, BUT UNLESS WE ARE ABLE TO SEE THE OUTCOME AND SEE WHERE OUR FEET ARE GOING TO LAND, SOMETIMES IT'S REALLY HARD TO TAKE THAT LEAP OF FAITH. This story about the faith that the Israelites had to walk around that city for six days and then on the seventh day be shouting and having the priests blow through these horns, that took a lot of faith. The third point, the biggest takeaway that I have for this is that God is greater than any of the walls that we can put up any of the life of sin that we might be living in, like Rahab, any obstacle that is in front of us, God is bigger than all of that. And so today, I want you to think about what obstacles are standing in your way. What parts of your life feel like they're blocking your, fa- your path or keeping you from having the deepest faith that you can have? Is it health issues? Is it financial matters? Is it relationship issues? Is it just this crazy world and society that we live in? Or is it maybe just not feeling like you have the support that you need? Maybe people will laugh at you. Maybe it's not gonna work and it's going to fail. A lot of obstacles come up and stand in our way, but I would encourage each of you this week To really focus on your faith. To remember Joshua. To remember that the Israelite people, when they finally dedicated their life and let their faith be as great as it could possibly be, they had full victory. And if you allow yourself to have those walls come crumbling down, whatever it is that is stopping you from moving forward, And you allow God to work in your life, the best will be yet to come. Those promises that God has for you in every way that he calls you, they will come to full harvest and fruitation. So let those walls come crumbling down. Let them fall down and let your faith grow to the greatest faith that you have ever had. Amen. We will be singing our hymn of reflection, My Hope is Built. And this is a wonderful hymn of reflection, just reminding us that the ground that we stand on and that our hope is really truly built in the Lord. So I would invite you to allow your heart and your own calling to reflect on the words of this hymn.
2: The sweetest frame But wholly lean on Jesus' name On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand When darkness veils His lovely face I rest on His unchanging grace Every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand His oath, His covenant, His blood Support me All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand When he shall come with trumpet sound Oh, may I then in him be found Rest in his righteousness alone Faultless to stand before the throne I'm Christ the Son.